Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. I want to speak to you today about understanding biblical prosperity. You know, when we speak about biblical prosperity, a lot of times immediately people think that we're just chasing money. We're not chasing money. Money's chasing us. Come on, hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm not looking for money. Money's looking for me. Hallelujah. But uh, we need to understand, uh, we need to understand the purpose of biblical prosperity. And I want to open with this foundation scripture here in uh, 3 John and verse 2, where it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. So if you don't like the word prosperity or prosper, it's in the Bible. Then you've got a problem with the Bible. But we need to understand what kind of prosperity it's talking about. Beloved, that's talking to believers, right? It's not talking to the world. It's talking to God's people. Beloved, I wish above all things, or I pray above all things, that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. You can see the three dimensions because we are spirit, soul, and body. So we're talking about prosperity in spirit, soul, and body. Even as your soul prospers, that's your mind, your will, your emotions, the way you think, the way you... You, uh, and the Bible tells us that God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond and more than what we ask or think according to the power, which is spiritual power that's at work in us. So that power is the power of the Spirit of God in our spirit man. So that's where the power is. It's in our spirit. It's a spiritual power. It's the spiritual dimension of man. So the power we know is unlimited. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, is there a limitation to God's power? No. God's power is unlimited. And there's unlimited power available to us, but obviously there is going to be a limitation based on, you know, how you think, how you ask, uh, you know, so, so we don't want to limit God. So the spirit of God lives in the spirit of man that's born again, right? But then we have the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. And then, of course, we have our physical bodies and we live in a physical realm. And then, of course, we, have, we get in contact with the physical realm through our physical body. And we live in a physical, natural world. But we are not just natural people. We are supernatural people because we are born again. We're not mankind. We're God-kind. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, somebody say, I'm not mankind. I'm God-kind. Why? Because we have the God-kind of Zoe life. We have the God-kind of nature, the divine nature. We've been made partakers of the divine nature. So God's nature lives on the inside of us. Even though on the outside we are physical people in physical bodies, on the inside, we're different because we have received a new birth. We have received the, and, and we've been filled with the Spirit of God, the infilling of the Spirit of God, the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost, the empowerment of the Holy Ghost within. Come on, somebody. And amen. And so we have the divine nature. We have the presence of God within. We have the unlimited potential, the ability, uh, the giftings and the anointing and the empowerment and the wisdom and the leading of the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And God wants to lead us. And so we know that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I mean, we, when you are born again, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You have the greatest level of spiritual prosperity that you can have. Amen. But you also have to understand your prosperity can increase. How does your spiritual prosperity increase? As you grow spiritually. You go from babyhood, babyhood to childhood to adulthood. You mature. You're perfected in the things of God. You grow up spiritually. And you are bearing more spiritual fruit. 
You're learning to walk in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You're maturing as a believer. And the more you mature spiritually, the, the more spiritual prosperity that is established in your life. Come on, somebody. Amen. But how does that reflect on the outside? As you can see, dearly beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Right? Not only spiritually, but prosper in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. That means you got to develop a prosperity mindset. The way you, you don't think lack, don't think shortage, think abundance. I mean, this is what we just keep pounding on week after week after week because they want us to think shortage constantly. That's what the Antichrist spirit in the world wants everybody to believe that there's shortage. We're running out of gas, we're running out of oil, we're running out of oxygen, we're running out of, we're always running out of something. And they want everybody to live in that fear that something is running out. There's a shortage. There's a lack. And they want people to gravitate towards having that lack mentality, which brings fear. But we need to develop an abundance mentality that our God is a God of abundance. We have received the abundance of grace. Hallelujah. And we have received the free gift of righteousness. And by that, we will rule and reign in this life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we have been given the blessing. We have been empowered. It's time for us to rise up. Because the world wants to push the church down. They actually want to completely destroy the church. And they want to completely take the Bible out of commission. That's the Antichrist plan. That's what they want to do. They will not be able to destroy the church. In order to accomplish their plan and purpose. You know what's going to happen? The church is going to go out victorious, glorious in the rapture. Then there'll be no, there'll be no restraint on them. But right now, we are the restraint. We are the resistance. We resist. The Bible tells us, resist the devil. Somebody got upset with me and said, oh, you're just getting all like, you're talking like an activist. You said to resist. Bible says resist the devil. We are resisting the devil. We are resisting demonic things. We are resisting demonic agendas, demonic forces, demonic lies, demonic propaganda. We submit to God and his word and we resist the devil. Amen. And he's going to flee from us. We are the resistance. You better be resisting the devil. But the problem is much of the church just complies with what the devil's doing. Instead of resisting. Instead of speaking up. Hallelujah. So true prosperity begins in your spirit, man. When you're born again and you're filled with the spirit of God. And you learn to walk in the spirit and not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. And those who belong to Christ have crucified their flesh with its lusts and its desires. Amen. So say this after me. I'm a born-again believer. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I have the divine nature. I have the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost. I have the power of God within. I, have an, I live an empowered life. I walk in the Spirit, and I will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. So when it comes to understanding biblical prosperity, we have to understand how it all begins. Spirit, soul, and body. And it's in that order. Spirit is the most important. Now look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things. What are all these things? Bible tells us it's the, it's the things that the world chases after. If they're going to be added to us, that means we won't be chasing after them. They're going to be chasing after us. Hallelujah. That's why I say you won't be chasing money. Money will be chasing you. Hallelujah. Everywhere I go, money is looking for me. I'm not looking for money. Money is looking for me. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You have to develop that mindset. We're not chasing money. 
We're not just chasing financial prosperity. The world chases financial wealth. And some of the people are as wicked as they can be. And they serve wicked agendas. So it has to do with the heart. Secondly, John chapter 14, verse 21. This is amazing. He that has my commandments and keeps them. This is he who loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my father. And I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. I will manifest. You want God to manifest in your life? You got to love him. How do I? I love Jesus. Well, he says, if you truly love me, you will do what my word says. So you have to obey the word of God. So what is a part of prosperity? To, in order to prosper spiritually in your soul, in your finances, in every area, you have to do the word of God. The word of God gives us all the instructions. The word of God gives us everything we need. The word of God teaches us. And we have to submit to the word. And we have to believe the word. But we can't be just hearers of the word. We have to be doers of the word. And when you do the word, the word never fails. The word never fails. Don't tell me you, 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 you obeyed the word of God and you failed. No. The word never fails. The failure is not with the word, is with disobedience. So, I love Jesus. Well, how do you, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to prove it. So, it's by you, your obedience, you prove that you love him, and then your father loves, him, loves you if you love him, and that he will manifest. So, when God manifests himself in your life, my Lord, think about what happens when God begins to manifest in your finances. When God begins to manifest in your finances. Hallelujah. But what do you got to do? You got to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right way of doing things. Right way of being. Right way of thinking. Right way of living. So there is that... that right way of doing things and getting your thing your life right side up some people's lives are not right side up because their priorities are out of whack when you get your priorities right you put god first place in your life and god's word takes precedence god's word is the ultimate authority and you know that god's word is infallible god's word is absolute truth unchangeable truth and then and then you believe it you speak it you apply it, and then you're going to reap the benefits of everything that God's word promises you. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Now, true prosperity is the ability to use God's ability to meet any given need at any time, any given time by the power of God. So think about what is prosperity? Because people just, wow, you're just one of them prosperity preachers. You drive around in a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari. Well, not really. I may not need a Rolls Royce. I may need like 10 buses. has nothing to do with what, what you drive. It has to do with meeting the needs. Amen. Ultimately, there's a cost to all of it. Why, you're one of them prosperity preachers that has a jet? Well, if I need a jet, I'll get one. I mean, if that's what it takes to go where God's sending you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with that. But also, having a jet is not a measure of how spiritual or prosperous you are. To me, it's are you doing the will of God? Are you accomplishing what God's called you to do? Because people are very quick to, to criticize and to judge. But they don't know where people have been. Amen. You know, so whatever the need be to be able to meet needs. Amen. So true prosperity is 
having God's ability on the inside of you to meet any given need at any given time. Hallelujah. Somebody said, is that in the Bible? Yes, it is. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll actually give you the biblical definition of prosperity. And by the way, when we were talking, when we were looking in um, 3 John verse 2, dearly beloved, I pray that you may prosper. That word prosper is actually a combination of two Greek words. Good and journey. So to prosper means to have a good journey. Who likes to have a good journey? I, I, like, it. I like to have a good journey. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. This is the de true definition or definition of true biblical divine prosperity. And God is able to make all grace, half grace, some grace, all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. I mean... How many times does he have to say all for you to understand that it's all? <laughs> prosper in all things. How do you prosper in all things? Having all sufficiency in all things always may abound to every good work. That's it. God wants you to have an abundance to get the job done. The anointing is a supernatural equipment to get, get the job done. But in the physical world, we also need resources, finances to get the job done. Amen. So it's a combination of both. You have to have the anointing, which is the spiritual empowerment. And then you have to have the finances, which is the financial empowerment. And the, unfortunately, the church is always playing catch up to the world. Because the church has been, has bought into all these lies that we have to be poor to be humble. I've seen some poor people that are very prideful. Amen. As if poverty is a virtue. And you know, of course, in religion, priests had to take a vow of poverty, which is a curse. So this whole curse, taking a vow of poverty, has come into the church through this, this corrupt religious system. It's a religious spirit taking a vow of poverty, taking a vow of uh, 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 celibacy. They don't get married. They want to be poor. But then you got all kinds of corruption. So this is not, man should not be alone. Come on somebody. I mean, even the Bible says if you're going to be serving in the house of God, you need to have a good family. You need to be married. So get married. Have kids. I mean, there's only certain people that may not get married. Maybe just a few here like that might have a special call and a grace to do it. And when you get married, you're going to need grace again. <laughs> Abundance of grace. So you're going to need grace one way or the other. <laughs> so there's a grace to be not married. There's a grace to be married. One way or another, you're going to need grace. <laughs> Lord, I need grace. <laughs> Praise God. And regardless of what those needs may be, True prosperity is the ability to meet those needs. Every, everyone's needs are different. Every situation is different. 
but God's blessing and prosperity on your life is going to bring you through and bring you into a place of seeing the needs met, not only your needs, but having an abundance to meet the needs of others. James chapter 2, verses 14 and 17 says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say that he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Amen. And I go to 17. Even so, if it has not works, it's dead being alone. So faith without works is dead. So remember, your faith always needs a point of contact. There are several operations of faith that you need to understand. Number one is believing God's word in your heart. The second one is that you speak God's word out of your mouth. Confession of faith. And then there is the other operation of faith where you have to act on it. There has to be an action involved. And your faith always needs a point of contact. So you use every opportunity to give as a point of contact. And I'm, listen to me right now. Listen to me very carefully, please. I'm not talking about just giving once a month or giving every other week or giving on a Sunday at church. I'm talking about living a lifestyle of giving. Where you're always giving. You're not on the take, but you're always looking to ways to give. You're always looking to be a blessing. You're blessing other people. You're helping other people. You're, you're, you're giving love. You're giving encouragement. You're giving of your finances. You're, you're always looking to give things away, not hoard things. Whatever you give away is going to come back to you. Hallelujah. So it has to, you have to break out of fear because if you think, well, you know, because fear is going to cause you to hold on to what you got. Release it. Let it go. Hallelujah. Faith without works is dead. So your faith needs to be acted upon. Not only believe, also speak, but also act. Hallelujah. And how does faith come? By hearing. Hearing what? CNN? No. Hearing the word of God. Amen. So think about this. Faith comes. Faith is looking to come to you. Faith comes. By hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you want faith to come into your life, then you're going to need to hear the word of God. And you're going to believe, you need to believe what you hear. Instead of arguing with it, being unteachable, hear. Amen. Amen. Come on, say this after me. I hear God's word. My heart is open to receive God's word. I believe God's word, I will speak God's word, and I will act upon God's word, and I will get the results that God's word promises that I will have. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can see we're talking about first and foremost spiritual prosperity. What is spiritual prosperity? Well, Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You have a law in operation in your life, a spiritual law. It's, it's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What kind of life? Abundant life. There is a spiritual law in operation. And remember, laws can be broken. And so when you operate according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus... You will reap benefits. Somebody said, is that in the Bible? Yes. If you sow into the spirit from the spirit, you will reap life. So you can see sowing and reaping operates in the realm of the spirit. Yeah. 
So sowing and reaping begins as a spiritual law. It's not just a financial law. Not just about sowing money. You got to be sowing the word into your spirit so that faith comes and then the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus begins to operate and then you begin to reap. But if you sow into the flesh, from the flesh you reap what? Corruption. So you're either sowing into the spirit or you're sowing into the flesh. So we're not talking about fleshly prosperity here. We're talking about spiritual prosperity. We're talking about your spirit man being enriched. Having the spirit of faith, boldness, not the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, a spirit of boldness, a spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Understanding your righteousness in Christ. Hallelujah. Understanding that you have authority in the name of Jesus. You have the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. No matter what you face, no matter what the need be, you are equipped. You are equipped to meet the needs. And sometimes the need is not money. Maybe... There's no money that can save someone who has cancer and has been given three weeks. It's only the power of God. But you know what? When the power of God hits that person and the fire of God comes and burns that cancer out of that person's body, now you have released spiritual prosperity and you have brought physical prosperity and health and healing to someone's life. You can have a million dollars and it's still not going to help that person. So whatever the need be, you're empowered. You're empowered. To meet the need. Hallelujah. You're empowered to meet the need. So you're not operating out of lack. You're operating out of an overflow. Because the power of God is in you. Power of God's working through you. Hallelujah. And when you come in contact with demonic forces, you cast them out. You take authority over them, you cast them out. When you come in contact with sickness and disease, you rebuke it. You curse that foul thing just like Jesus cursed the fig tree. And you command that disease to wither up from the roots and disappear. Because you have been authorized by heaven. Because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And I send you in my name. Go cast out demons. Go lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Hallelujah. Spiritual prosperity. Speaking with new tongues. Praying in the spirit. Having unlimited spiritual power to pray because when you pray in tongues your prayers are not limited because your head is out of the way your understanding is out of the way you're praying the perfect will of God because the Spirit of God makes intercession when you pray in tongues through you praying the perfect will of God he he helps us in our weakness we don't know what we ought to pray for why because we don't see everything we don't understand everything so what do we do we pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit of God prays through us. We just become a vessel of prayer, and the real intercessor, the Holy Spirit, begins to speak and pray and make intercession on behalf of the saints on, in your life and others' life, your church, your nation. And guess what? Power is released through prayer. Think about that. I mean, we have, oh my God. I mean, we have so many things available to us. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have the promises. We have the angelic host that encamps around us. We have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. What more do we need, church? Come on. You have everything you need pertaining to godliness. You just have to take a hold of the things of God. Hallelujah. You can't be passive. You can't be passive. You got you to gotta aggressively take a hold of the things of God in your life. Why? Because you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. What does that mean? You're going to have to fight through criticism. You're going to have to fight through circumstances. You're going to have to fight through crying babies and, and, uh, and, 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 and wicked bosses. And you're going to have to fight through whatever you have to fight through. You're going to have to fight through things in life. 
fighting the good fight of faith. But the good news is it's a good fight. You know why it's a good fight? Because it's a fight you win every time. Because you're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. It's not a fight where you're going to get knocked out. It's a good fight. Sometimes it's 20 seconds. You pull a Mike Tyson on the devil. Sometimes you go 12 rounds. But, but guess what? Listen to me. In Jesus' name, at the end, you're going to come out a winner. You're going to come out a champion. Hallelujah. Hey! We have any champions in this house today? We have any giant killers in this house today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey. <laughs> if God be for you, who can be against you? In all these things, you are more than a conqueror. Because he loves you. He loves you. And all things work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Come on, say, I'm called according to his purpose. No matter what I go through, all things are going to work together for my good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, we serve a good God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to talk about spiritual prosperity? Look at, look at Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What could be the gospel, the good news to the poor? You don't have to be Paul no more. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Why? Because the gospel brings spiritual prosperity. Brings you out of that spiritual poverty. Brings you out of the curse of the law of sin and death. That you're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We pass from death onto life. And God's divine nature, hallelujah, gets imparted into our lives. And then spiritual prosperity comes. And then now you have a foundation to build prosperity into your life in every area. Amen. Hallelujah. So the spirit man has to prosper first. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You can see healing, preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. What are they lacking? They're lacking sight, so you give them sight. Set at liberty them that are bruised. Liberty to those that are bound. Healing to those that are broken to preach the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of Jubilee. Now in the Old Testament, that happened every 50 years. Every 50th year was the year of Jubilee when all debts were canceled. Everything was restored back to normal. If you lost lands, homes, whatever, everything was restored back to you. Think about that. All the prisoners were set free. Everybody was pardoned. I mean, complete, total deliverance, freedom, blessing. Think about that. But that was, they had to wait 49 years for that. You don't have to wait anymore. Because every year for you is the year of Jubilee. Why? Because the curse of the law has been broken. You are now blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You are blessed. And the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. 
he has no sorrow with it. So just say, all my debts are canceled. I'm pardoned. I'm forgiven. Whatever the enemy has stolen from me has to be restored back sevenfold in Jesus' name. Devil, you take your foul and filthy hands off of what belongs to me. You're a thief. You're a liar. And I'm not going to allow you to push me around anymore. Get out! Get out! You have to take authority. He's a bully. You have to stand up to the bullies. The devil's a bully. He doesn't ask permission. He'll try to push his way in to see how far he can get. And if you don't put up resistance, he'll just keep going and going and going. And that's what happens, unfortunately, with a lot of Christians. They don't put up the resistance. The devil just keeps pushing his way in, inching his way in. He takes a foot. He takes a yard. He just keeps coming in. And his ultimate purpose is to completely take over your life, to destroy, kill, and steal, take you out of commission altogether because he's vicious. He's wicked. He's not playing with the devil. I know we demean him. He's under the feet. He's stupid. He's this. He's that. But he's, he's actually quite, he has wisdom. He has strategies. He's cunning. He's crafty. And he knows human nature very well. And he's perfected his weapons, which is really only three. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. But somehow it works. It keeps working and working because people don't recognize how the enemy is trying to come into their life and take authority over it and say, absolutely not. So you have to draw a line and say, you're not, you're not passing it. You, devil, you back off right now. You, you get out of my life. You get out of my head. You get out of my family. You take your hands off of my children. You take your hands off of my business. Hallelujah. And you have to get aggressive with them. Hallelujah. Why? Because the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is always going to have opposition. The gospel is always going to have opposition. Ever since Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom has been preached. Why? Because there's two kingdoms. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of God. When we are advancing the kingdom, guess what? There's another kingdom that we're going to have confrontation with. And, and we have now developed this non-confrontational, seeker-friendly, convenience-seeking, comfort-seeking flesh-cuddling church in America and it's produced a bunch of weak Christians it's a disservice to the kingdom of how many times do I have to, every Sunday I stand here I say the same thing over and over again because every Sunday we have to deal with it now we're dealing with the woke church we got churches literally praying our father, our mother who art in heaven And it's not just the religious churches. They're even doing it in so-called charismatic churches. You're a good, good mother. There's a church singing, you're a good, good mother. <laughs> Contemporary church, light, smoke, everything. That's what we're dealing with. And somebody has to confront this mess. And I have to stand here and tell everybody what's going on. People look at me like, wow, is that real? Yeah, it's real. It's more real than you realize. You're kind of sheltered from all that stuff here. You're kind of in the river bubble. And then occasionally you, you get out of the bubble, you go places and you, you hear and see the stuff. You're like, what? And it's more common than you realize. And what's the purpose of all of this? To weaken the church. So the church can't stand, the church can't take ground. The church can't rise up. 
and the church can't accomplish the mission. It'll be a cold day in hell. If there's ever mentioning of the Holy Mother in this place. But you know what? It's no different than we had to deal with this. I mean, this is, I'm talking about almost 10 years ago now. In Turkey, there was a mission agency that came in, and predominantly from the West, and they wanted to retranslate the Turkish Bible, take out father and son. Because it's offensive to Muslims, so they thought that Muslims would be more, you know, more apt to read the Bible if they removed father and son and all that, because, all, you know, that's blasphemy. In the Islamic belief system to call God father and to call Jesus the son of God it's total blasphemy punishable by death and so they thought if we just take this stuff out and then Muslims will read the Bible then what then what what happens then <laughs> yeah and they, they put Allah and take our father and we stood against him I mean we stood against them as pastors we united stood against them but they still did their thing they had a couple of the gospels and they were passing them out you know and imagine what kind of disciples you get from that first of all they can't even be saved because Jesus said whoever has the son has life and no one comes to the father except through me so who are you going to who are you going to? You're going to some demon. Well, this is the stuff we're dealing with. It's all coming out of the woke church. Funded by the Rockefeller Foundation and all the globalists. They actually fund this stuff. Look into it. You'll find out it's truth. I'm not just making this stuff up. It's not some crazy conspiracy theory. It's the truth. And of course, there's people that are being seduced by spirits, preaching doctrines of devils. And that's the problem. So when you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you become a new creature. You have God living on the inside of you. You are spiritually on your way. Hallelujah. You have received the treasure in an earthen vessel. Then you got to prosper in your soul. This is mental prosperity. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. You getting anything out of this today? All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against. Again, you see something is against. Against the word of God. Fear. Worry. If Jesus said, do not worry about your provision and you worry guess what worry becomes sin because that which is not of faith is sin so if you're worrying you're actually acting against the knowledge of the word of God you're actually entertaining thoughts against the knowledge of the word of God if your mind you're mentally tormented with fear and worry anxiety 
what do you do? You have to cast down these imaginations. You have to take authority. You have to recognize and say, no, in the name of Jesus, that is not the mind of Christ. Bible says, I have the mind of Christ. Come on, say this after me. I have the mind of Christ. Worry, fear, lack, anxiety is not the mind of Christ. It's demonic. I recognize it. I take authority over it. I resist it. I cast it down. I say no. See, now what are you doing? You're exercising authority over your thought life. See, I, I can't get in your head. Sometimes I wish I could. I wish there was a way I could just open people's skulls up, get in there and pull stuff out. I can't. I speak to them. I speak to them and they resist. They resist. It's like this is the word. It's like they, they just think they know everything. They're unteachable or they just, it's become a stronghold. It's just they're locked into some kind of a thought pattern and it's like you're trying to get them to break out of it. But once they break out of it, everything changes. Everything changes once they break out of that mindset. So the enemy will try to trap you in a mindset. That's what a stronghold is. It's a trap. It's a prison in your own mind. You have to break out of it. How do you break out of it? Well, how do I break? You have, you have power and authority. You have the word of God. You have to first recognize what the stronghold is. How are you going to recognize that it's a lie if you don't know the truth? That's why you got to immerse yourself in the Word. That's why you got to be, I mean, listen, I'm telling you right now, I, and I can say this, I can say this with confidence. We equip people with the Word of God in this church. There's no shortage of teaching in this church. I mean, if you were here Thursday night, I spent two hours teaching on faith. It was amazing. We have Bible school. We have impact discipleship on Wednesday nights. I mean, we have all kinds of teaching here. I mean, I've already preached more in this service than most churches do in an entire month. Okay, so I've already shared more scriptures in this service than you'll hear in, sometimes in an entire year in some places. So there's no shortage of teaching here. You come to every service. You plug in. Don't just be a Sunday morning Christian. Come. Come to the trainings and teachings and discipleship. Learn. Immerse yourself in the Word. Saturate yourself in the word. Renew your mind with the word of God so that you can recognize the lies of the enemy. Hallelujah. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But the truth you don't know is not going to help you. And the lie you believe is going to become that stronghold that's going to trap you. And I'm, I'm, it breaks my heart to see Christians trapped in the lies that they believe. I mean, we try to get people healed. Dealing with this person says, no, no, God's rejected me. He's not going to heal me. God doesn't like, love me. He's not going to heal me. And, and we've been working for so long. But it's like I can't get this person to break out of this lie that God's not going to heal that person because they don't deserve it. They haven't earned it. They, they haven't been good enough. These are all lies that the enemy will bring to trap the Christian into sickness, disease, bondage. Same thing with poverty. Today, people are standing literally in the pulpits of the world, preaching poverty to, the, to their people. Literally, teaching poverty, preaching poverty, coming against the message of the blessing of God. And they call names for people like us. They want to put a label on us. You one of them prosperity preachers. 
and then, and then they, they wait and see what we're going to say, like we're going to apologize. Well, you know, not like, you know, that. No, my response is extreme prosperity. Because I serve an extremely prosperous God. No, you, got, you have to because they will try to bring you into a place of being ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. And so if you're ashamed of the blessing of God, you are going to limit the power of God in your life. Don't be ashamed of the blessing. When the Lord blesses you, don't be ashamed of it. Don't make, come up with stories to, to, well, you know, it was one of my aunts and she kind of, you know, really wanted to help me and you know it's really not a big thing no give God the glory yes my father blessed me my heavenly father blessed me give him the glory so you've got to deal with the mental side to be mentally prosperous you must be able to control your mind your will your emotions Hallelujah. We talked about this. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. That's 3 John 2. Look at Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God. So if your mind is tormented, anybody been dealing with tormenting thoughts lately who's been dealing with some tormenting thoughts lately all right right now take take your hands both of them put it over your head right now we're gonna have to deal with those tormenting tormenting thoughts just say in in Jesus mighty name I take authority over these tormenting thoughts thoughts of fear worry anxiety guilt shame condemnation lack I take authority over every one of these thoughts right now in the name of Jesus I take authority over thoughts of death suicide sickness disease I bind them I reject them I expose them for what they are they are lies from the pit of hell devil I rebuke you these thoughts are not my thoughts I will not own them I will not take possession of these thoughts I will not allow them to be established in my mind I reject them I cast them out in Jesus name I take them captive they will not rule me no more in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Somebody said, how often do I have to do that? I don't know. Maybe every five minutes. You have to do it as often as you need to do it until you get the full victory. Hallelujah. That's going to be the biggest battlefield, church. Your mind is going to be the biggest battlefield for you to get your breakthrough, for you to receive your healing, for you to receive your breakthrough. Whatever the breakthrough is, you have to break out of the bondage. Don't let that bondage dominate you. Don't let the 
Don't let the thoughts of offense, resentment, bitterness, jealousy. These are other thoughts. Maybe some of you are dealing with that. Maybe you just need to put your hands right now over your head again and deal with some resentment, bitterness, offense. Some offense that's rose up and you keep thinking about somebody done you wrong. And there's that country western song that keeps constantly playing over and over like a broken record in your head. Somebody done me wrong. Take authority over that thing. Rebuke it. You will not rule me. You will not keep playing over and over in my mind. I put a stop to it now in the name of Jesus. I'm trying to help you here. This is, this is how you live in victory. Because you're going to have to deal with this. How many of you realize every day you have to deal with thoughts? 100%. Thoughts of failure. Some of you have the fear of failure. That's why you never try anything. That's why you never launch out. You're sitting in the boat. When Jesus says, come, it's time to step out of the boat and walk on the water. And you're holding on to that boat for dear life. Your knuckles are white. You're holding on to that boat. And you're hyperventilating. What's going to happen when I get out of the boat? You're going to walk on the water. That's what's going to happen. Come on. Time to launch out. Time to step out. Time to do something you've never done before. God's been speaking to you for a long time. And you made a lot of excuses. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. So you can see there's a feeble mind, a weak mind. So we need to obviously, you know, there's, when you have a feeble mind, a weak mind, we understand that. There's grace, there's patience. But what you need to do is you need to develop a stronger mind. You need to build mental fortitude, mental resistance, mental strength, mental immunity to the mental viruses. Strengthen your mind. How do you strengthen your mind? The Word of God. Meditating on the Word. Believing the Word. Speaking the Word. So prosperity of the mind is when you use the knowledge of God's Word that you have received. It's when you allow your spirit to control your mind instead of your mind controlling your spirit. That means you're not led by emotions. People that are led by emotions are like yo-yo Christians. They're up and down, up and down, and there's no stability. So what, what happens is when you develop a mental consistency, you're going to become consistent in life. You won't be up and down. You won't be moved by circumstances. You won't be moved by my feelings you won't be moved by what people say or do or don't do that's another form of addiction approval addiction it's not no different than cocaine addiction alcohol addiction it's approval addiction some people live their entire lives just constantly seeking approval of others and of course you're never going to get it you're never going to get what you're craving for because it's in the spirit of god it's in the presence of God. You, let the Holy, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Whatever the root of that is, it needs to get rooted out. Because it's, gonna, it's what's causing, because there's a mental and emotional poverty. Because it's, it's missing, it's lacking. And you're trying to fill that by people's approval. 
Just like there's no different than trying to fill it with alcohol, fill it with drugs, fill it with immorality. It's just all other substitutes that will never satisfy and it leaves people with this mental, emotional poverty. Lift your hands. Father, I just pray for every single person. And no one, no one has arrived. We know that. Everyone is a work in progress. But whatever areas are in our lives that's causing mental and emotional poverty, where things that are lacking, it's causing us to trip over certain things and, and hindering our lives, I ask that the Spirit of God will supernaturally go to all of those areas deep root out those things bring in the healing bring in the fullness the fulfillment bring in the completion that the grace of god will come and complete and strengthen us fill us bring bring your love in supernatural love the love of the father the approval the root of rejection i pull it out by the roots right now in the name of Jesus. Approval addiction. I pull it out by the roots. May your people be confident. Assured in your perfect love for them. May you give them that supernatural revelation. Give them the supernatural. What they know in their head. May, they, may, may that get into their hearts. May that get deep, deep, deep into their hearts. May that flood their souls. And there's total healing. Freedom comes. Freedom comes in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.